Today, I am joined by Victor De La Flor, and he is a retired Marine Corps warrant officer. He was a specialty in the legal field, and we're going to dig into his transition retirement journey and talk to him a little bit about how his retirement went. So welcome, Victor. Welcome to the show. Hey, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. So what I usually do is uh, jump into a a very strange uh, question, which is your morning routine and how it looks now compared to how it was when you were still in active duty. My morning routine uh, usually starts at about five in the morning, and that's the way it was for about, uh, I'd say, you know, most of the 20 years that I was in the Marine Corps. Uh, mainly because when, <laughs> when I was a younger Marine, I, I had an issue waking up on time, you know, got canceled a couple of times, but you know, I learned real quick. Uh, so I made sure that I kind of backed it up a little bit, started waking up at five in the morning and, uh, it's kind of stuck with me all these years. And, uh, you know, I've, I've been retired for probably a month now. And, uh, I'll tell you every morning I'm waking up five, five thirty in the morning. Still, I'm still going on my runs, morning runs, my uh, four mile walks, you know, run walks, whatever it is, still working out in the mornings. Um, it's just hard to let that go because that's just been a big part of my life. Right. I like to wake up before the sun gets up. Uh, I don't know why I like to go running before the sun gets up. It's just my, my, my peaceful time, my time to myself when there's no cars around, there's nobody around, nobody talking, just me and my thoughts and, you know, the sounds of my footsteps. Um, Along with that, I, I'd say since last month, I've been like heavily involved in reading more, um, probably because I have a lot of time on my hands now. <laughs> so I, I want to fill it with something constructive, right? Uh, during my, my last 20 years, or at least uh, I'll, I'll say in the last five years uh, before retiring, probably about my 15-year mark to present, uh, I started reading a lot more only because I, I felt like it's something that was lacking in my life that I wanted to get into. Um, my wife reads probably a book a week, and I'm like, you know what, I, I need to kind of keep up with her a little bit. Uh, so, and I, it, on top of that, everybody's always telling me about, you know, good things that they're reading, nice, you know, cool quotes and this and that. I'm like, I had nothing to share. So I had, I was like lost, you know, and I just needed to have something. And I'm not doing it just so I can keep up with the Joneses and talk about it. I'm doing it for myself, you know. So I feel like that's part of my morning routine, along with some coffee. Uh, I oftentimes, in the morning after my PT, I shower. I go in the backyard. I have a little patio set up in the backyard. My backyard overlooks a canyon. So I'll go back there, sit down, read. And uh, I really like to ground myself. You know, I have this nice big uh, backyard area. So I'll, I'll physically, you know, step on the grass. You know, that's, that's a big part of my day, I think, is, is feeling the grass on my feet and actually grounding myself. Kind of like a, uh, like, like a thankful thing, right? Like, you know, this is a new day, a new start. Uh, I like to feel that, that earth under me, right? So, I mean, that's the gist of it. I can go further in detail with, you know, <laughs> what drives me to do that. But that's the gist of it. That is my morning before 7 a.m., yeah, it's hard to let that uh, that routine go after doing it for, you know, decades <laughs> at a time. Actually, I wanted to to rewind time a little bit, and I wanted to go back to when you first came into service. I wanted to find out, like, where you were 
physically and mentally, like maybe what location you were at when you decided to join and what was the catalyst that actually brought you into joining active duty? Yeah. Yeah. So I'll tell you, uh, I was living in, in Orlando, Florida at the time when I decided to join, um, really I, what drove me to join was I was just tired of the same routine every day. You know, at that point in time, I was working at a pizzeria located inside of a gas station. Right. So it's, it's like bad to worse. Right. Uh, but I, I was working there. It was kind of the same thing. And, uh, what my manager was a, a air force veteran. Uh, and I recall telling this, this person, Hey, look, uh, I'm thinking about joining the Marines. And this person told me, looked at me and told me, yeah, you'll never make it. And I'm like, okay. Well, well, thank you for that. Right. That, that's the, pu that was the push I need. Right. And that's a story I tell a lot of folks like that. I, I don't recall the, the manager's name or where they're even living or where they're located. But if I could, I would thank that person because that was the final push I needed kind of like somebody doubting me and, uh, and, and pushing me to go ahead and just sign the papers and just join. Right. Uh, but I was living in Orlando, Florida, uh, kind of a, you know, dead end job type of thing same friends, you know, they weren't really doing much with their life at the time. You know, thankfully a lot of them are, are doing well now, but, uh, I just felt like I, there was nothing there for me, you know? Um, and I was not going to get any better with the, the group I was associated with. So I definitely needed a change. I actually talked to one of my friends into joining the Marine Corps and the buddy system with me. Uh, it didn't quite work out for him, but, <laughs> but, uh, you know, thankfully, it drove me to, to do my 20 year career. Uh, yeah, it was just a matter of wanting to get out of that same rut, you know, and my mother always reminds me that I left to, uh, to MEPS, like I left the house on the day of her birthday. It just happened to work out that way. I didn't really <laughs> mean for it to happen that way, but it's like, that was a ship date and it was just a, a, a terrible day for her. Right. But it was, a great day for me because it was a start of something that I didn't realize was going to become a career. Right. So I, it was, you know, it, it was just a matter of wanting to get started on something new. I think wanted to get out of central Florida, wanted to go out and see what is outside of that. I mean, before that I was living in Jersey and we moved to Florida, right? Jersey was not anything. I would not raise my kids where I lived. I'll put it that way. Uh, I lived like around the corner from that East side high, which was the base of the movie lean on me. Right. So I, I lived around the corner. That was the high school I was zoned for. I was like, look, I, I really don't want to go to that high school. <laughs> so we decided to, to move to Florida at that time. Uh, but yeah, it was just a, a matter of, we just wanted to do something better. Wanted to do something more, just the, the eagerness of wanting to get out of that and do something else. Yeah. And you mentioned, um, books and I'll, I'll jump around. So just if you, if you want follow, follow me along the trail and whenever the jump ropes go, just hop in when you get, a <laughs> um, but you mentioned, you mentioned books and reading. And, um, I wanted to ask you, um, I know it's probably always been important. You've probably read regulations and probably tons of legal documentation and stuff like that for work. Um, but as far as reading now, um, how do you consume your books and what are a couple of like books that stand out to you in the last, maybe, I don't know, six months or so. I know you just, just retired, but maybe you've been reading a little bit since then. Uh, what are about three to five books that stand out 
um, as well. Absolutely, yeah. So I, I'll tell you, I consume my books both in uh, audiobook format and uh, you know in, in print. Um, a good thing about you know being in the military is that you get you know like the American Express Platinum Card, and then along with that, they give you like the free Audible and all, all that. You get a certain amount that you can uh, use for that. So I chose Audible. You know, I I think a book costs like two credits or a credit or something like that. So I'm and you get like a credit every month. So I just kind of get new books as they come along. Um, I'll tell you the, the one book I'm actually, I, I was reading this morning and this is actually one I'm going to give as a gift this Christmas. Cause it just, uh, it started to hit home a little bit like, Hey, look, this is an excellent read. And I think more people should know about this. Um, I got it here in my hand. It's called uh, Triber mentors by Timothy Ferris. Uh, it really, it's, it's short stories, kind of like question answers that he poses to different folks, you know, different people who um, have mentored him or like CEOs, this and that, like, hey, look, what wakes you up in the morning? If you can give any piece of advice to anybody, what would you do? An advice to a college student, what kind of advice would you give them? You know, give me your, your best failure, you know, things like that. And it really, I'm sitting there like just writing notes. You know, I, I'm a big writer and I love, I love writing stuff down. Um, and that one, just the fact that, you know, I have a short attention span <laughs> and it seems like it's a new chapter every like two pages. It's perfect for me. And it highlights like, I don't know how many, like 50, 60 CEOs or, you know, people who have uh, good information to put out there. Um, let me see. I, I read a short read recently called, um, uh, I think it's called Between the World and Me by Ta-Nehisi Coates. That's, that's a good one. That's one that I... I actually found out about that book watching The Equalizer with Denzel Washington. You know, he told the uh, the kid on the movie, like, hey, read this. It's a good read. And then come back to me. And I uh, I looked it up and I, I got the book. You know, they were having a sale at the library. So I'm like, oh, you know, 50 cents, I'll, I'll pick it up. Uh, and, I you know, I read it. Short read. Awesome book. Great author. Uh, I gave it to my son to read. It's still sitting on his desk. You know, <laughs> still waiting for him to crack it open. But uh, that's a great read. Uh, there's uh, Start With Why is awesome. And there's one that I am, um, actually I jump between books as well. So this one's on the audiobook format. Let me pull it up here real quick. This is another good one. It's uh, What You're Really Meant to Do by Robert Stephen Kaplan. Kind of highlights your strengths, your weaknesses, and where, how to navigate your life based on those things, right? So I know there's a ton of books out there like that, but this one is like kind of like what I was really looking forward uh, or looking to because, uh, you know, as we retire and I have all this time on my hands, I'm like, what am I going to do next? You know, I, I, I don't, I need to learn how to navigate this now um, because if you don't have a purpose, and I firmly believe this now that I, I'm sitting here a month later and I am kind of like all this time on my hands. If you don't find a purpose, you're going to feel down. You, <laughs> you're going to feel like some kind of depression. I'm like, and I started feeling that, you know, sometime last week, I'm like, man, you know, I need to find something, my next mission, right? 20 years of doing so much and having a battle rhythm every single day to like, bam, complete stop and not having anything you know, no, no agenda, really, you know, no staff meetings, nothing to get ready, no briefings that I have to give. 
I'm like, okay, I need to find my next mission because I cannot just sit here and watch Netflix all day, you know? So that book is really, really good in navigating all that. Uh, I'd say those are the three best ones right now that I'm reading. I still have more on my list. Um, I think I put a couple more on here that I'm looking to pick up. Uh, let me see. It's on my, my holds. Uh, the creative at art to have a life by Seneca, you know, old, you know, philosophers, things like that. The, those guys really hold a lot of, of, uh, of meaning for me. So, uh, you know, I, I'd, I'd like to get into more reading about the old school stuff, you know, stuff by Ernest Hemingway. I, I don't know why I've been on a big kick with Ernest Hemingway recently. Uh, well, we went to his house in Key West years ago, my wife and I. And I never really thought about it, but then I started reading a, his uh, or watching a, a video on his biography. And I'm like, you know what? I need to find out about this guy because he was like, he did everything, right? He was, I mean, he was like a crappy husband, but, <laughs> but he, he, he did everything. You know, he was like a hunter, an author, you know, he was just a thinker, right? And I'm like, man, I, I like that, you know, uh, not his family aspect, but I like the way he was an out-of-the-box thinker. So it got me thinking like, hey, I need to read up on this guy a little bit more. But yeah, I mean, it, all those kind of things interest me, right? I don't want to lose the self-education. Like I want to continue filling my head with things and try to pass that on to my kids or to whoever, you know, whoever I mentor, you know. It's tricky to navigate. I mean, I, I would love to hear your thoughts on like the first 30 days of retirement. And you mentioned around a week ago, you, you noticed some maybe psychological or physiological things going on. Um, if, if any, what, what are your ways to kind of cope with that? And do you think that there's something that someone could do preemptively to, to maybe catch that before it gets to that point? I mean, of course, uh, finding ways to occupy your time, but like you said, once you get off of active duty or, you know, you retire, it's just like, uh, there's a space in between, or at least I found it and many others that I've spoken with have found that space in between. Um, but yeah, I'd love to hear your thoughts on, on how you navigate that. And if you, if you know anything preemptively to do. Yeah. So it's, um, it's, I think it's a thing, it's a lack of purpose, you know, it's knowing that you have so much going on and then, you know, it just comes to a complete stop. Uh, and that is, I think where the real world starts because you have to actually come up with something yourself right? Things aren't laid out in a plan for you. There's no MOS roadmap or anything like that. Uh, so, you know, last, I, when I started thinking about it last week, it was when I, I had applied for a, a position here locally in Southern California. And, uh, you know, I just didn't get it. And then it kind of hit me. It, I mean, it was the only, it was the first position I applied for after retiring, but I felt like I was I was like the guy for that job. And, uh, you know, I wasn't selected for it. I got that, you know, decline letter and I'm like, what the heck? And that's, that's like when the real world hits you, it's like, yeah, you need, it's, it's more than just being a veteran. You're right. You have to like kind of sell yourself a little bit. Um, and you know, and, and it kind of hit me hard. Like, man, it, does, does anybody really, like want me like to, to work with them? Like, am I, am I really that great? Like I thought I was, you know, it, it's just a matter of like tweaking your resume, right. To make yourself look good on paper. Cause 
Um, I didn't have an interview with that that group, that organization, but I feel like if I would have had an interview, they would have seen the real me and, you know, known that I can provide so much for their organization that I have a passion for what the organization stood for. Uh, but no, it was just on paper. So you have to like, just tweak the resume, but that kind of affected my mindset a little bit. Like, man, does, does anybody really want to work with me at, that, at this point? Uh, but it's just a matter of finding a purpose, right? Finding a time to, like you mentioned, to fill your, a way to fill your time. So, uh, you know, I started reaching out to, um, other veteran organizations. There's an organization I'm actually, I'll be teaching a visual arts class in October, but I reached out to them and I'm like, look, I really want to get involved somehow in, in teaching this class. And so I volunteered with them in October to teach a class of, I don't know, 12 to 15 folks, active duty and veterans, right? Um, because I've seen how art has helped me, you know, mentally, uh, especially with, you know, military stressors. So like right behind me is my, my messy studio, right? So I'm always throwing paint on paper and stuff like that. And that's what kind of releases the stress, you know, the, uh, the, the stressful times that the military life would bring. Um, so I, I volunteered with them and I'm taking a creative writing workshop. I actually started this Thursday. It's a six week long, uh, workshop here in downtown. Uh, you know, more time with my family. I, I started, um, I coach little league baseball. My son's on a baseball team. So I coach his team, right? Just kind of getting involved with the community, but there is a, there is a hole, like a void, because you're not part of that, you know, military team anymore, right? It's kind of like an out of sight, out of mind type thing. Nobody's giving you a call for this or that. You're not really needed for these military things anymore. So I, I completely understand when I was reading a while back, like, hey, look, once you get out, out of the military, you're definitely going to feel that fear of missing out. You know, you're definitely going to feel that. And uh, I didn't think I would feel it so soon, but... <laughs> But sitting here on the couch reading or watching TV for like a week or two, I was like, man, I really, it's like taking leave, but you have nowhere to go back to, you know, that's, that's what I felt. I had to fill that void somehow. And then actually getting involved in different organizations and things like that has definitely helped out a little bit. And uh, not saying that it was like at its worst last week, but it just kind of, it hit me a little bit last week. Even yesterday it hit me a little bit. But, uh, you know, I just got to think positive and think forward. Like, Hey, I got a family, uh, you know, I'm, I, I retired for a reason so I can have more time with my family. I retired so I can find the next chapter of my life so I can give back in other ways. So, so I can serve in other ways. So, I mean, it's a lot of folks will tell you that they'll, they'll start feeling down after a while, but you know, you just got to fill that somehow and don't be afraid to reach out to other veterans and, and, and folks. Cause I definitely did reach out to a buddy of mine that I served with and he retired a month before I did. And I just text him. I'm like, Hey, look, uh, dude, are you feeling the same way I'm feeling? And he's like, hell yeah, I am. To be honest, like I haven't told anybody, but I am. And he was a senior guy. He was an E8, right? He was a senior guy in our, in our command. And I was like, man, you know, this, this is real, you know, but he did the skill bridge and he's doing just fine. Um, uh, but we just had that connection like that, right? I just had to reach out to somebody and be like, dude, I just need to talk to somebody real quick. And it's great to have somebody there to talk to. I completely agree with the sentiment. I, I let people know as well on the show and in my interactions online and stuff like that. Like if, if, and when, like I'm always available night or day, pretty much. Um, I, I didn't, I failed to mention it in the intro, but I do want to 
uh, at least bring it up that you do have a YouTube channel. You did start a Facebook group, uh, the Green Logbook, if I'm not mistaken. And that's where you started to do a lot of outreach as well and started to talk about your retirement and started to um, discuss it online openly in open kind of forums with people. And it's, it's actually built some, some really good traction. I'm really, really proud of you for that. That's a, it's a big step. It's what I tried to do in the, in the beginning of this and, and didn't quite succeed. And then it just turned into what it is now. So who knows, but, um, but yeah, it's uh yeah, the green log book. It's um, it's kind of been like a little project of mine, right? Um, I started kind of documenting my last year in the military uh, it kind of came about because I, I went to that TRS class, that transition readiness class. They tell you you can go like two times before you, you retire, right? Once to get a feel for it, second time to get more information just in case you missed it. Um, so I went to it before I actually decided to retire just to see what it was like. And I'm like, you know what? They're, it's cool and all. You know, they give you a lot of good information. But I'm like, all right, well, like a, a lot of folks that, give the class have not retired. You know, they've either gotten out. They don't, there was a lot of questions that I had that they kind of, oh, kind of directed me to other, other places. So I'm like, man, you know, I'm having to search this stuff. I'm like, I'm going on Google a lot, you know, just to find this information. Uh, and I thought, you know what, let me just start a channel to doc to document my entire last year in the military to kind of show anybody who is retiring who's getting out what it's actually like for somebody because i couldn't go to somebody in my command and ask them what i need to do because they haven't retired you know they're they're still active duty they don't know what it's like um so you know i document everything from you know my medical appointments uh dealings with the va you know how to navigate like uh you know the the admin processing this and that you know uh, I still have to do my moving stuff. So I'm documenting all that, uh, you know, reasons and lessons, life learned, li lessons and lessons learned, excuse me, lessons learned over the career. Uh, I'm also sharing that stuff. So it's, it's been something I love doing, something I love sharing. I always like teaching and, and mentoring, you know, it's almost like talking to my kids about life, but on YouTube, that's what it, that's what it feels like. Uh, and then the Facebook group just kind of grew as, you know, a side, uh, on the side of the, the, the green logbook. It's called the, the Military Retirement Group. Uh, again, it's just a way where I can, a place where I can just kind of put all the information out there. You know, some folks don't watch YouTube or maybe they do, I don't know, but I put a bunch of files on there. Uh, good information to know with the VA, you know, uh, milestones, where you should be when you're actually looking to retire two years out when you're out six months out, three months out, et cetera. Uh, good resources, you know, things like that in the files tab. And there's a lot of good mesh of folks in there from all services. So, you know, I, I always welcome all good information from every branch because everybody, you know, it's just kind of like a learning environment and I really appreciate that. And it's growing. I think we've got like 1200 members in there now, 1100 members. So it's grown significantly since I started it. Uh, but yeah, I, I plan on continuing to growing to grow that thing and get get some good word out because I mean it's it is a stressful time. It is a stressful transition. It can be, um, you know, but people don't realize how stressful it can be until you're actually in it, and you know then you realize on the spot, man, and you feel so alone, right? But you're not. You're not. There's people who have done it many times. You know, just reach out, go on these groups. 
watch my YouTube, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I'll definitely, definitely have it linked down in the show notes and, uh, for anybody who wants to check it out. So just look down there and you'll find it. Or if you're listening, you can find it in the show notes there as well. I also want to mention that we will be on Reads Across America Radio. Reads Across America Radio is a internet radio show, and we've been blessed to get a time slot on Wednesday evenings at 11 p.m. You can listen in on the iHeartRadio app or the Audacity app or on the TuneIn app if you want to check us out there. Otherwise, you can check us out on YouTube. You can also find us on Spotify, iTunes, and all those other places where you listen to podcasts. Thank you very much for listening and tuning in to us. We really appreciate your support. And if you do really enjoy what we're doing, feel free to like, subscribe, whatever platform you're listening on, and leave us comments. Let us know what you think about the show, if there's anything we can do to improve it, if there's anything that you want to hear about in the future that we can dive into and try to provide some value to you.